Good day to you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast and giving of your time. This is kind of a busy time of year for a lot of people. Things are a little out of order, outside of the norm. People travel. Maybe you have some days off from work. Maybe your children are out of school a little bit. There are those of us who are pretty engaged with hunting season, depending on where you live. Just a lot of demands of life. And, uh, oh yeah, I've got to work a little bit now and then. Um, Almost forgot about that one. But hope you're doing well. Winter is going to be fast approaching. Um, I admittedly have not been getting on the series about preparation. Um, The power of preparation. And so I wanted to just post something that will make kind of part two that is maybe just a little more, just, I don't know, opening some dialogue along the, the, the mindset of being a prepared people. And I, and I don't mind with this topic being a little bit redundant because I'm just realizing more and more as I think about this during my days, as I meditate on this, the, the necessity to be a prepared people. And just the complexity of of preparedness in light of kingdom believers. Um, I was reading this morning some in Romans 6. I was just going, I was journaling some stuff early this morning. And I was just reminded to to reread Romans 6. My wife and I were up last night just talking about our, our baptism from a couple months back. And just our hearts cry to, like, stay in the water. And I was just reflecting during my time of prayer this morning that, like, humanity is plagued with something. We have a plague that pursues us. And and most people, if you asked anyone, especially within the church, let's say you prefaced this answer with a question. And you just went up and asked either the average person or absolutely the average follower of Christ, Christian, just in a generic sense now. We're not like, well, are you really a Christian? Because if you are, I have a question. But I mean, like if we just went into a church with a pen and paper (laughs) and one question And if we ask people, what would you say plagues all of humanity more than any other thing? I would say, hands down, most everybody would just immediately say, sin, 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 sin. (laughs) Now, of course, this is an arguable point because sin, of course, is the main issue with all of humanity. It is what is keeping men from knowing the Creator. Yes, that's absolutely true. But as I just, as again, last night in my time talking with my wife and then our time, or my time this morning, and then just reading Romans 6 and just meditating on that for a while, and then that heaped on what I'm looking into right now with preparation, 
I would, I would say what plagues humanity more than any other thing is forgetfulness. We don't remember well. And this is, this is real with, with real precision. What I was praying this morning is like, Lord, I feel like I don't have a problem forgetting things I should forget. And I'm plagued with this problem of forgetting things that should remain. And I was just really asking the Lord to help me with that, to teach me, to train me. We're told in Scripture, the Holy Spirit will what? Teach us all things. Oh, teach me. Help me. Help me to see my own propensity to forget. When we met with regularity for years here in our family's fellowship in Southwest Virginia, that was a constant criticism, a constant challenge, a constant correction from the Lord that I felt I had to keep reminding myself and all of us to pursue and to be alert and aware that what I would always say was we are a short-term memory people. We forget. We forget that the works of God's hands in our lives. We forget how He's delivered us. We forget how He has set us free. If we're not careful, we will repeat the old pattern of the people of God, which is they continue to forget in the middle of God's provision now, the works of His hands. They were a forgetful people. In that King Hezekiah and the second chance people of God stuff, that's what was key with the resurgence of the people of God. Their return on the earth was completely dependent upon what? Their remembering. Oh, yeah. I remember the God of our fathers. I remember who I am. Right? That's what propelled them to turn and to repent and to get rid of the idols and to clean up the temple. To restore worship. The, the unction was the remembering. And so in light of this series that I'm doing that is admittedly slowly making its way public, we have got to be a people that remember that, we're to, that we are doing something in the waiting. We went out this morning to feed the cattle. My wife and I, we just left our son in the house. It was ankle deep or, or more, mud. I had to get on the tractor and take hay out to them. And it's just, it's just a man. It's just not easy. <laughs> well, drop a hay bale, right? Foo, done. Let's go eat, let's go back in and eat breakfast. Well, no, it's not that simple. It's a process. And so when I came back in when I was done, my son's just kind of roaming the house. What should I do, Daddy? <laughs> what can I do? Our attention span 
is like my eight-year-old. What's what? What what are we doing? There's nothing to do. There's nothing going on. I'm not. I've not given myself to think about a laundry list of things I could presently now be doing, based upon what I've been told to do in the past. So we just kind of roam about in our own lives. We have the tendency, the propensity, and the lure to just walk about. Well, I read my Bible. I've been doing some praying. I went to service last night, right? And I know this is, again, I know this is very repetitive. This is what I'm always talking about. I know that. Why? Because we're a forgetful people. We're not preparing our own hearts, the earth for the harvest. Laborers are few. Why? We've not clocked in, y'all. We've not clocked in to labor. We're sitting down. We're slumbering. And I say that this morning specifically because I feel that knocking at my door. I feel that knocking at my door. And so this morning, I responded to that, (laughs) praising the Lord. God, thank you. You've placed in me a dissatisfaction that continues to keep coming up. Remember that recording I did a couple weeks ago about my satisfaction? Our satisfaction is to be found in Him. Him alone. And it's His goodness. It's the awesome work of His hands that does not allow us to become complacent. It's a gift. Praise God we can't just coast anymore. And if you can, brother, then like, what's going on? What are you eating? Are you living off of the natural man's satisfaction? Because, y'all, we have to be careful. This is entirely possible for any one of us at any given time. If we're not preparing ourselves to come to the table, if we're not rightly clothed, if we're not looking for the face of the master, if we've not consecrated ourselves and prepared ourselves to go in. And that call continues to go out. And y'all, it's only going to be able to come through vessels who are prepared and who are looking on ways on how, according to what the Spirit is saying, how do we prepare the way for the Messiah? How do we prepare the way for Him? How do we prepare the way for Yeshua's return? Or what? Have we forgotten? Friends, just literally, I'm asking you a question, okay? And and I'm asking myself. I've already asked myself this question. (laughs) And I do this a lot with anything that we scrutinize our own lives under the microscope of really looking into what we've given ourselves to If you could create a pie chart, and the pie chart is blue, it's one giant circle, it's blue, the whole thing's solid. It is your life. And you take 
uh, an, an orange color and into that pie chart you insert into whatever measure your your mind comes up with how much time you have spent spiritually speaking preparing the way of the Lord mindful as much as you can be moment by moment of the imminent return of the Messiah prepare the way prepare the way what part of that color that you that you insert into the pie chart that is your life would signify rightly accurately how much time you have spent thinking about the urgency of the hour the imminent return of the messiah because this is one thing that has just been ringing in our household constantly over the last two weeks. Maybe three now. Is the challenge that's before us, the conviction of the Lord that has come in appropriating our view of our life for the rest of our days. Look, y'all, my life is half over. I'm 46 years old. In the natural view, I'm on the downslope. Now, I don't feel that way. Oh, I'm old. There's nothing left. I got to hurry. It's not that, but I'm just saying a sobering reality. I see great value because of my present age. I see a different perspective than most people I know that are in their 30s or, you know, just turned 40. There's just been a real shift in numbering my days and the brevity of life. And so as we have been led by the Lord this this end of this year, over the last two, three months, to just really wipe the slate clean again, (laughs) it's just been this constant leaning into the Lord of saying, God, I want to prepare the way for you for the rest of my days. I want to prepare my son to prepare the way. I want to encourage and and bolster the faith of my wife and wash her with the water of the word so that she can prepare the way for for the Messiah to come, for him to return. And so there's been this major reassessing of what we're doing. And I would say we have shifted, and again, I, I believe it's just a response to the demand of the Lord upon us, asking us to avail ourselves to a different trajectory of our life that has moved in our best efforts in doing what we knew was right at the time. We did what we knew the Lord asked of us, and and I'm convinced it it completed a work in us that could not have been done via other circumstances. So in no way was it an accident, missing God, or in vain. It has had immeasurable eternal fruit. But now, I feel the Lord asking us to move from Preparations that were to secure our future 
and the future of my son from a natural perspective. Now, our endeavors have never been natural in nature, but it's made, it has played a major role. Example, a lot of my preparation was to get this farm, our house, to a place where it can be an inheritance for my son. Literally, son, you can have all of this. Everything I'm doing here is really according to you inheriting this one day. I'm going to spend more money on this. I'm going to do this a different way. I'm going to repair this a certain way, believing that you will have it. So I want it to last. I want it to endure, like in the natural. We're going to fix the house this way. Because this is going to be my son's house. Like that's been our trajectory. The power of preparation, right? Amen. And alongside that, of course, in equal measure, if not more so on the spiritual end, I can say clearly, has been the preparation of our hearts. The preparation of my son's heart. The spiritual inheritance. We have been laboring to create an environment for our children to grow, to mature, to be preserved, to be set, to be within boundaries. Well, the Lord has come in and just really, in this season, thrown a wrench in the gears of all of those plans. And for me, he's asking me to pretty much, the best I can give myself right now, abandon the natural perspective. Which is hard for me because I believe it's right. I believe it's right. I'm convinced it's right. The identifiable set-apart people of God and even how we live. I believe that. I do. And that's hard. But there is a place of abandonment, I feel like, that the Lord is beckoning me out unto that I have not yet known. A power of preparation within, to the best of my ability, giving my all to the spiritual preparation. Preparing myself, my wife, my household, my son, our small family, entirely geared towards the eternal alone perspective. All right, so here, oh, well, what do you mean, Joel? Like, what, okay, so here's, and I have to, I have to wrap this up very quickly. What if we live in a metro city? What if we move to a metro area and live in an apartment? No land, nothing to work with my hands, nothing to hand down to my son, no animals, no barn. I could go on and on. Nothing I've been laboring to establish remaining. 
Only eternal, unseen things. Y'all, we're talking about a tremendous shift in faith and expectation and the power of preparation. Why? To prepare the way. Wherever that is. To the world. Should that be what God calls us to in a way and in a measure differently than I am in now. A John the Baptist reality. Living off of nothing. Having nothing. Looking wild, looking crazy. Seemingly out of your mind. Alien. To establish a kingdom. To declare, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's coming, y'all. He is coming. We must lay aside every endeavor and put it in its proper place in order so that we can be a people who declare the way by what? The power of preparation. The power of preparation, y'all. Let's get prepared. Let's prepare the way. Let's be forerunners that go through the wilderness and hack out a way for Messiah to come through. And in the other ways, in the other spiritual perspective, may we walk in the way marked out for us by Yeshua Messiah, the forerunner, firstborn of many brethren, so that we can follow in his way. Carved out. We have been given a way. We've been given a path. It's narrow now. Not much is getting in. But there's a power within the preparation. And I would say the biggest preparation we could make is remembering. 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 And preparing the way for the Messiah to come. For him to receive his reward. Amen.